Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you are thinking about dinner tonight or this weekend, highly recommend you go to Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Easily the best place for barbecue in Denver. I've been telling you about their slowly smoked ribs, their smoked corned beef Reuben. I love their chicken marsala. Best in town. Dave, the owner, he had a past life, so he's put a lot of his favorites on the menu. Outstanding sides. You can go there just for dessert, but I'm going to give you one thing you might want to try, okay? It's called the heart attack. Terry, tell me if this sounds good. Two jalapeno cheddar country biscuits filled with smoked bacon, hickory smoked pulled pork, topped with shredded cheese, an over-easy egg, house-made sausage gravy served to the side of coleslaw. I wouldn't wouldn't eat again for a week. It'd be so great. It, and I've had it, and it's ridiculously good. Everything is great on this menu. Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, located all over uh, this part of uh, of the state, up towards Estes Park in Lyons. And, of course, they have a great location in North Denver. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All right, let's go out to the hotline. Steve Conroy, longtime NHL defenseman, current analyst for NHL Network, good friend of mine. Steve, how are you, my friend? Eric, Terry, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Hi, Steve. Great. Here's the deal. So Terry and I, we, we have fallen into the trap of paralysis by analysis. So how are you going to paralyze us with your analysis? What do you got for this game, <laughs> this series? What? You know what? I just say let the games begin because I think you're right. I, I think, especially with the layoff that we've had, and especially the layoff that Colorado's had uh, between series, uh, you start to maybe over-dissect the minutia, and basically it's just a game, and it, it's going to be a great game because, you know, you got two high-powered teams going at each other. So it's, you know, firepower against firepower, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. But I, I think the bottom line is, and a lot of coaches will tell you this, Eric and Terry, I think you probably know this too, most, most coaches will tell you it comes down to goaltending. Now, not always. But a lot of times, everything else kind of evens out, whether it's power play, penalty killing, you know, five-on-five play, and then it, it gets down to your goaltender. Who's got the better goaltender? And I think, you know, at this point, uh, I'm afraid that Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender uh, remaining in the playoffs. He might have been the best goaltender this year during the regular season, aside from Shesterkin. So that's, that's why I think Tampa has, has a big advantage. Yeah, if you're Jared, upset, did, hold on real quick. If you're upset with Steve's analysis, his cell phone number is six three zero. All right, go ahead, Jared. <laughs> did Jared Bednar make the right decision in going with Darcy Camper 
or he hasn't played in a few weeks, and Francois uh, had stepped in and played decently while he was out. Terry, you know what I always say? You dance with the girl who brought you. And uh, <laughs> Kemper, Kemper brought them to this point through the regular season. I know the playoffs, Francois, has been good. So listen, Jared Bednar feels like, okay, let's, let's go with the guy who was our number one goalie who got us to this point through the regular season. And should he stumble or should he falter mm-hmm. or should they need some kind of a, a, a lift or a, a jolt? Then he knows he's got a guy in, in Francois that he can totally rely on. So um, I think it's a win-win. You know, Kemper had a real good regular season. He sounds like he's ready. Go with him. And, you know, if, and I'm sure it'll be a pretty short leash because, you know, Francois can do it. So uh, if he lets in three bad ones in the first 25, 30 minutes, uh, Bednar might decide to, to pull the hook. I led the media day questioning of, of Kemper at his pod, you know, the number five pod. And he was, mm-hmm. he was predictably calm, cool, and collected. And De- Devontae's was sitting next to him. And after we went through that session, I asked Devontae's, you know, the predictable question about whether, how much faith they have in Darcy Camper, and of course he laid it on pretty thick. Do you ever change, did you ever change your style and your stance with six teams because of the goaltender you were playing in front of? If, whether, you um, had, whether you had faith and whether you, whether you thought you could, could at least wander a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I played in front of uh, Eddie Belfour, and with Eddie I knew I could take chances up the ice and if there happened to be a two-on-one or a three-on-two with a forward back there, you know, chances are he was going to stop it. Uh, you know, I played in front of Billy Smith with the Islanders. I played in front of um, oh, Kelly Rudy with the Islanders, too. A lot of great goaltenders. Uh, I played in front of Dominic Hoshik for his, his brief stay in Chicago. And the human slinky. The human slinky. And there is something to that. I think offensively you're willing to take a few more chances because you think, if they do get a break or they get it by me here, it might be a two-on-one, it might be a three-on-two, but we got a, a world-class stopper back there. But, you know, at this point uh, of where they are in the playoffs, I don't think the Colorado Avalanche are, are wondering who's back there. I honestly think they've got just as much faith in both of those guys. Uh, and like I said, I, you know, you look at Kemper's numbers during the regular season, uh, outstanding. I, I'm going to say they were, you know, save percentage goals against average. They both had to be top five, six in the NHL. So um, there's a lot of faith in those guys. And, you know, until the game starts and, you know, let's say less than three bad ones, um, you know, Bednar's got the luxury of knowing that he's got a guy he can go to. We are talking with Steve Conroy, a longtime NHL defenseman, current analyst for the NHL Network. I, I want to stay on track with the Stanley Cup Final, but you brought up something interesting to me. You played in front of Eddie Belfour and Billy Smith. Both of those guys have a special kind of crazy about them. With that, do you have to be, do you have to have a special type of crazy in your head to play goaltender? Because <laughs> Belfour, so. you know, Belfour is at the very least the vice president of the crazy club. Yeah. Uh, most of those guys, most goalies are a little different breed. They're, they're, they're different guys. Um, you know, I, I got to know Corey Crawford here in Chicago, and he was probably the most normal goaltender I, I ever knew. But there's some other guys. We had Robin Leonard here for a little little time, and he's a different bird. 
And most guys will tell you that, you know, it, it takes a different breed to be a goaltender, stand in front of pucks that are coming at 100 miles an hour. Um, so, yeah, they, they're, they're wired a little differently. And, and, you know, as a result, they're, they're kind of different off the ice. Kemper is disarmingly normal. That's, that's almost, uh, uh, almost an asterisk in some ways. But he's got a happy face. He's always smiling. And uh, he, he is not, at least in the presence of us, in our environment, you really don't see him as being a fierce, 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 uh, glowering competitor type. But when, when the game is on, of course, he turns into one. But let me chime in here. I covered Hashik. He was a little off. Belfour's a little yep. off. Billy Smith's yep. a little off. Patrick Waugh is a little off. Maybe the more off you are, the better you are. Well, you know what it is? They, you mentioned that the fact that they've got a little bit of a short fuse of temper. That might go along with their competitive nature and, and really wanting to win. And, you know, all those guys you kind of mentioned, they, they just hated losing and they just wanted to win. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned Kelly. Kelly Rudy was pretty normal, too, but he, he was a real competitor, uh, wanted to win all the time. So, you know, maybe that kind of factors into it. But, uh, uh, you know, I, the guys you mentioned in particular, short fuses and, you know, tough as nails, too. We've talked before about Kale McCarr, but he's been heaped with praise the last few days, including from Patrick Law and Ray Bork. Yeah. Could this be his kind of coming out party as the, as the great player, prominently prominent international type superstar defenseman? Well, Terry, I think these whole playoffs have been his coming out party because, you know, think about it. Colorado's really been under a microscope uh, just to get past the second round because of all their previous failures. So uh, we've seen some unbelievable plays from him so far, and I'm sure we'll continue to see unbelievable plays. Uh, you know, whether it's a regular season or the playoffs, this guy just, it seems like the bigger the stage, the brighter the lights, uh, the better he plays. And, you know, some guys tend to tend to shrink in those situations, and, and he tends to grow, and, and he welcomes it. He doesn't seem like, I mean, he seems like a great guy, but he, he doesn't seem like he's a real ham no. or, you know, it's all about him. But, boy, he can, he can really perform when you know when it's at its toughest and and that's what i really appreciate about you know him as a, as a player and, and his skill level this is not right, look. this is not unique to hockey uh this team in hockey but the avalanche have a rather pronounced tendency to be able to turn any question where you say you uh meaning the whole team meaning him personally turning it into a question about the whole team the team's the thing that's their mantra nathan mckinnon has been that way kale mccarr has been that way is that just pure hockey? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I've got a theory on it. Most, most hockey players, like I, I went to high school in Toronto. Nobody knew I played competitive hockey because high school hockey in, in Canada wasn't, you weren't very good if you're playing high school hockey. So, you know, none of these guys are put on a pedestal in high school. And even the college players, you know, most of them basketball and, and football trumps the hockey program. So, you know, you, you think about these young football players in high school, they're the the big man on campus and in college, they're even, you know, bigger celebrities and they're the big men on campus. And, you know, so from a very young age, they're idolized. And, and in, and in Canada, a lot of these, you know, especially in high school, nobody knows anyone's playing hockey. So, uh, and they're from small towns and a lot of them are from farming communities. So maybe that factors into it too. But, um, I, I think that's why hockey players, maybe more than some other sports are really grounded 
it's just that small town mentality and and it is all about the team more more so than just you know the name hey uh, quickly before we cut you loose um you kind of hinted at it because you said goaltending is the thing who do you like in this series and how many games uh, well, I, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay, Eric, and uh, only for a couple of reasons. And one of them I, I kind of spelled out was the goaltending. Uh, I think they also have a little bit of an advantage on defense, too. And I, and I, like, I like what Joe Sackick did bringing in Josh Manson, and, and that makes them a little different back there. But I, I still like Tampa Bay. They're big and they're strong, and they know how to box guys out. And, and they've been there and they've done that. Um, and then the other thing, too, is I, I think you have to look to – you know, the third lines. And, and sometimes the top two lines will cancel each other out and, and, and it's up to the third line to, to try and, you know, score some goals. And I, I know JT Confer's had a great postseason so far and Kubel also. I don't know if Newhook's going to be on that third line yeah, tonight or not, but he is. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, sometimes you look at the third and fourth lines and and if Braden Point is in, I, I think Perry goes back to that fourth line. So yep. points in, so it should be Perry and uh, uh, Maroon and uh, Pierre Edward Belmar, and that's a pretty good fourth line too. So I think the third and fourth lines maybe a little bit of advantage to, to Tampa Bay also. And you know, I mentioned the experience factor. You know, sometimes it's just about being able to tune out the noise and and who can bring it up another level, and 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 you know who can face adversity and still push on, whether it's a bad call or you know maybe a bad bounce. Um, you know, Tampa's been through some of those situations over these last three years. And I, I know that, you know, the, the Colorado Avalanche have learned their lesson about, you know, maybe being favorites and bowing out, whether it's the first or second round. And they think that this is their year. But I, I still think that that, that experience is going to help Tampa Bay a little bit more. So as a result, um, and I know we're being broadcast in Colorado, but I think it's going to be Tampa Bay, and I think it's going to be in six games. Now, Steve, hey, they are saying Braden Point hey. is centering the line with Nick Paul and yeah. Ross Colton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's a pretty good line. Hey, uh, Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, when are you going to be on NHL Network tonight? Uh, you know what? I'm done for the year now. They've got the A crew, and they're all, they're, all on, uh, they're all on site. So I might be back for the draft or during the free okay. period, but right now I'm just going to enjoy the playoffs. Well, I'll FaceTime you after the game, and you and I will pretend like we're doing a show. Have a great night, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, All Steve. right, Eric. Take care. Take See you, Steve. All right, Steve Conroy, NHL Network, longtime NHL player. Coming up after the break, Avs have been averaging nearly five goals a game. Can that continue against Vasilevsky? That's next. Don't be afraid to go. 